Welcome back to the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Edwin Porras, Doctor of Physical Therapy Medical Analyst at FantasyPoints.com. The Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast, the number one fantasy football podcast hosted by the son of two Mexican immigrants who also happens to be a physical therapist. Number one on the charts, number one in your hearts. Welcome to the Week 9 Injury Report. Today I want to talk a little bit of Arizona Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, chat a little bit about Dak coming back. Um, but I want to kick off the show by chatting about Christian McCaffrey and what the implications are there. And then we'll end with a quick mailbag segment. So let's get started. First of all, I'm really bad at promoting this. If you want the full get down on every single injured skill player at every position, go to fantasypoints.com, go to the injury tab and select the week nine injury report. Once it's published, usually on Saturday mornings, the podcast is meant to give you a little bit extra that might not be in the article, but usually and generally speaking, it's a quick summary of what's the highlights are of that week's injury report. Let's talk about Christian McCaffrey. There is a pretty scary thought to put Christian McCaffrey into your lineups, isn't there? It makes you nervous. It scares you. Some of you maybe already traded him away. Some of you are thinking about it. Maybe some of you even have an active trade talk going on about him. And I get it. Usually I'm a proponent of injury prone as a lie, which is true. And that's not to say that Christian McCaffrey is injury prone. However, there is something to be said about workloads because the research shows there's something to be said about workloads. If you read my preseason article, my offseason article, Injury Prone is a Lie, part one, I discuss a lot more about this topic and this concept. But basically what I'm saying is that this all comes in shades of gray. So let me try to break down his risk profile moving forward. If Christian McCaffrey is active in week nine, Matt Rule says he's hopeful that he will be. There is some attached volatility, probably moderate to severe. That's simply because of the way Carolina has managed his injury. There were constant back and forth. Will he be active? Will he not? They didn't put him on the IR initially. Then they finally put him on the IR. And it still seems to be that they're playing a bit of a cat and mouse with the media. The bottom line about Carolina and the Carolina medical staff is that I don't know any of them personally. I don't know how they handle injuries. I don't know what their protocols are. I don't know any of those people in the building. So I can't necessarily judge how the result of their process ends. What I can tell you is that when Christian McCaffrey entered the league, he had missed one game because of injury. Then Christian McCaffrey ripped off three straight NFL seasons without any injuries. Then in 2020, it all fell apart. If you categorize the high ankle sprain and the shoulder AC sprain as uh, two separate unpredictable injuries... And then you categorize the quad strain and the hamstring strain as preventable injuries. What you get is this accumulation of bad luck for Christian McCaffrey. A bit of bad luck and a bit of positional demands. Now, if you read any of Tim Gabbett's work, he's a researcher that has looked at this acute to chronic workload ratio concept. And basically, it just shows how much physical work have you done over a short period of time, typically a week, over how much work, physical work have you done over a long period of time, typically four weeks. When you look at the accumulation, if those workloads dip too much or if they spike too much, then it's going to be really difficult for players to stay healthy. There's actually about a three to six time increase in soft tissue strains for athletes whose workloads are spiking or dipping. You also have the concept of what is the tipping point? And it appears as though 90 plus percent of snaps plus 20 to 25 touches per game 
is the tipping point for Christian McCaffrey, and that's a normal human response. It doesn't mean he's injury prone. It doesn't mean that his next injury is right around the corner. What it means is that I believe the Carolina Panthers should look in the mirror and maybe look across, you know, not that far away from Carolina over to Tennessee. Uh, And maybe that's not the best example now because of Derrick Henry's foot, but presumably Derrick Henry's foot came on a specific play, not necessarily because of stress fracture. And they look over at Tennessee and they say, wow, very rarely does Derrick Henry play 75% of the snaps. Yeah, sure. He sees 25, 30 touches per game, but he's resting on Wednesdays and Derrick Henry had rested Wednesdays all year. And you look at Christian McCaffrey who plays 90 to 95% of the snaps and the Carolina should say, wow, maybe we should give Chuba Hubbard a little bit more work. That way we can rest Christian McCaffrey and get him back down into the Goldilocks zone. The sweet spot where he's not doing too much because believe it or not, pass blocking, running routes, chip blocking, doing anything that is not touching the ball is still physical work. Maybe we should give Christian McCaffrey days off. Up in, up to 2020, Christian McCaffrey hadn't taken any rest days off. Or I believe it was only one or two. So all, I say all of this to say that I think Carolina should look in the mirror. If they don't change Christian McCaffrey's workloads, I am concerned that this is going to be a continued issue. The first week back from this injury, he's going to be moderate to highly volatile, but you have to start Christian Jackson McCaffrey if he's out there. Moving forward for dynasty purposes, I'm still trying to acquire him, especially since people are freaking out. You just have to hope that the Panthers will give some load of workload to Chuba Hubbard. Talking a little bit now about the Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray has a medial ankle sprain. That's the opposite of a lateral low ankle sprain, at least the opposite side of the ankle. They're really painful. They're slow to heal. There doesn't necessarily need to be structural damage, but he hasn't practiced all week. And coach Cliff Kingsbury said that he needs to be, quote, functioning in the pocket at a high level, unquote. So all of that is to say that this is a game time decision, allegedly by the Cardinals. Typically, when you see a quarterback be a game time decision, um, usually they know before they get to that game time decision or before they get to game time, whether he'll be active or not. I would be surprised if Kyler Murray's active. Here's why. Kyler Murray has a medial ankle sprain that's going to limit his rushing and his upside. It's going to limit him in the offense completely, assuming this is as severe as as it looks to be because he hasn't practiced all week. He didn't even practice during the walkthroughs. Um, But if he is active, then he's going to be highly volatile. So that leads me to DeAndre Hopkins. Will DeAndre Hopkins be active even though he has this legitimate hamstring strain that bothered him last Thursday night football game? And the answer is we don't know if DeAndre Hopkins is going to be active either. I think DeAndre Hopkins is truly a game-time decision. Oftentimes, DeAndre Hopkins gets these tags of game-time decision, but they're never really game-time decisions. He always knows he's going to go. I think this one's legitimate. So you have a dude who's coming off a hamstring strain, didn't practice all week, had a flare-up last week during their game, And now he's a game time decision with the quarterback also in question. The Cardinals have a lead on the NFC West. They've beat the 49ers already. There's, I don't want to say no incentive, but there's minimal incentive to rush two of their stars back, especially if they're planning for the future. I would be surprised if Kyler Murray is active. If Kyler Murray is inactive, I think DeAndre Hopkins will be inactive too. But even if DeAndre Hopkins is active, he is highly volatile for re-injury. So that's a problem. So basically what it comes down to is I'm not going to overspend on DeAndre Hopkins this week regardless. If Kyler Murray's active, I'm looking elsewhere at quarterback. And in season long, depending on my options, I might even sit 
DeAndre Hopkins in 10-team leagues and lower. Now let's talk about the Cowboys. Dak Prescott coming off that calf injury. There is a minimal concern for re-injury there. Overall, probably not the biggest issue in the world, especially since they gave him time to come back, and he's been trending on the way up the entire week. Amari Cooper, this is something to keep in mind. Do not be overweight on Amari Cooper this week. He is still struggling with the hamstring strain. It's not doom and gloom. It's not the end of the world, but he was actually on the sideline trying to roll that tightness out of his hamstring last week. Uh, it's He's still limited in practice. Amari Cooper's a gamer. He usually gets through the game. He usually is fine and does okay, but this is something that's been lingering for a couple of weeks now, so don't be overweight on Amari Cooper in DFS. If you're in season long, you have to start him. However, there's a chance that he can re-injure. He has to show us that he can get through these games without re-injuring. CeeDee Lamb, it appears as though, had a regular lateral low ankle sprain. The Cowboys seem to be optimistic that he's going to be active. There is moderate concern for re-injury. Another wide receiver that you likely shouldn't be too overweight on, just because with these situations, unfortunately, we have to see it to believe it. We have to know that it's not an issue before you say it is an issue, because hamstrings and ankles specifically tend to recur if you turn around too quickly. That's the concern with Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Overall, moderate concern for both of these dudes, minimal concern for Dak Prescott. Last thing, if you have not listened to my most recent episode before this one, I discuss Cam Akers and Derrick Henry in great detail. You want to go listen to that if you have questions about that. Let's get to the mailbag. I want to start off with a really good question here. Friend of the show, Kate Majuk at FF Ball Blast. Would you rather live in the pocket of a sweaty giant or in his shower drain? Listen, we don't know what that giant's into. We don't know if that giant does some things that are less than uh, hygienic in the shower. We don't know where his hands go in the shower. We don't know what kind of things are going to be cleansed in the shower or need cleansed in the shower. So I'm going to live in the pocket where it's sweaty. At least you know what you're getting. At least you understand what to expect. Uh, And you aren't going to be hit with any, you know, surprises in the shower, living in the drain where uh, things could get ugly, things could turn bad. So, okay, I would live in the pocket of the sweaty giant. Great first question. Next question here is Cam Akers. Odds of returning to form says at Joel underscore P. Go listen to my previous podcast, Joel. It's a fast one. Next one here is from our friend at Leps underscore T. What's the most annoying injury to treat or deal with? I'm going to reframe the question because I like the question. But in terms of injury, it's not necessarily an injury the most difficult type of uh, person to treat or presentation to treat would definitely be chronic pain. Patients who have chronic pain are unfortunately going to be in pain by definition most of the time. And you as a physical therapist are there to help them manage it. You help them manage flares. You help with activity modifications. Um, You try to get them as fit as, as possible, as fit as their body will let them. Uh, and you really are just there as a manager. So on one end, it's pretty cool because you gain this relationship that is quite different than the relationship between a PT and an athlete who's just there and wants to get in and get out. So that's pretty cool. But the presentation itself sucks and it sucks to see people go through chronic pain. So that's my answer. The last thing I wanted to talk about here too was Calvin Ridley because our friend at Daniel Falcon G asks, what should we expect from Calvin Ridley? So Calvin Ridley, if you haven't heard, was finally put on the NFI list. 
uh, and he is going to be out for at least three weeks. Now, I'm not an expert on mental health, and I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not trained specifically in that field of work, but I think that we should push the conversation beyond, oh, we should be comfortable talking about mental health. Yes, talk about your mental health. I think that's great. I think we should. I also think we should mention some of the specifics. When we say mental health, it is a very vast, broad umbrella. Even within specific disease states, like depression, there are different types of depression that impact people differently. Uh, There are different subtypes of certain conditions. And sometimes, in a very similar way that you just can have a gunky knee, or if you you wake up and one day your neck hurts, in a very similar way, there doesn't need to be a specific diagnosis for an individual to be experiencing sadness, for an individual to be experiencing self-doubt, to be experiencing anything that every other human experiences just potentially on an amplified level. So when we say mental health, what are we really saying? Well, we're saying that we don't know what Calvin Ridley is going through. Calvin Ridley could be seeing a psychiatrist and have a diagnosed condition. He could have anxiety. He could have depression, he could have a variety of different conditions that are diagnosed, or he doesn't know what's going on. The bottom line is we don't know what Calvin Ridley is going through, and I want nothing but to extend empathy and understanding to the fact that this man is stepping up and saying that he is going to take time for himself to better himself. I think if you're struggling with your own mental health, it can be really frustrating not knowing what's going on. It can be infuriating. It can be depressing. It can only make things worse. And so if you're not sure how you're feeling lately, if you're depressed yourself, if you have these feelings that you can't quite explain, I highly encourage you to seek help, professional help, to try to help you understand these feelings and take the next step. So in Calvin Ridley's honor, that's what I want to end the podcast with. If you're struggling with these feelings and these issues, definitely reach out to help. If you have thoughts of self-harm, if you have thoughts of, of harming others, that is an emergency situation. You should seek help for that immediately. But it's okay to seek help. And that's what I want to leave you with today. Usually I'm joking, jovial, happy, and this isn't the best topic to end on, but I do think that it's worth talking about beyond the just, let's make it comfortable to talk about mental health. Let's understand that it's complicated, it's complex, We're dealing with humans and emotions, and we're not robots and not machines. So if you need help, reach out to a professional. There's no shame in that at all. Thanks for listening. Reach out to me on Twitter at FBNDRUDOC if you have any questions. Good luck in week nine.